warning. This is explicit content. There is talk of murder. There is trigger warnings for child death. And so please be aware if you continue onto this podcast, onto this episode, it is a true crime episode. Hey, this is Sydney. This is Chloe. And this is Katrina. And this is Murder Obsessed, your true crime podcast. So today I decided I was, you know, I was looking through some of my books and I was like, who do I want to do? I was like, you know, what surprises me is that the um, Joseph Mengele is not considered a serial killer. And those of you who your brain's like, okay, that, that sounds familiar. That name sounds familiar. He was the Nazi doctor. Okay. The Nazi doctor that did all the experiments and, um, pretty much like one of the most famous ones. And so I was like, why is he not considered a serial killer? Like, why do they not put him in these books? Cause I have this one, like really big book. That's like famous serial killers. And it literally has like Elizabeth Bathroy and like, I mean, it goes way back in time. So it's not like it's too far back. I mean, it was World War II. Is he like supposed to be the character that they're like, you know, American Horror Story, they have like, you know, they try to bring in. That's the guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, that one woman claims she's Anne Frank and they do like the lobotomy on her. Yeah. Okay. So any of you guys who don't watch American Horror Story, that's all complete fiction. Like, but (laughs) yeah, no, that's that's who that doctor was um, playing, portraying. So I, you know, and there's, there's three things when dealing with like the macabre, the horrid, the gruesome, the morbid, three things that will never fail to catch my attention. One is female killers. I don't know why, but I'm always drawn to like read about female killers. Um, I, I don't know. It's a true story. Sometimes Second, they have good reasons, man. I mean, Sometimes. it is. Yeah. Like a lot of times I'm like, yeah, I could see that. That's the cop's <laughs> wife, right? Yeah. Second is civil rights crimes. Like crimes against, because like that one always blows my mind of just like denying people the right to just be alive. And like, we're not, I mean, that's all murderers. <laughs> they deny people the right to be alive. Um, but <laughs> I get what yeah, like, like take away their civil civil liberties and like right. think that they don't deserve, you know, the pursuit of happiness, like the whole rest of the world, because, you know, they're a different color or a different social economical status. And then the third one, and I, and I'm so, I read about it all the time is a Holocaust. And I, I've read so many memoirs of the Holocaust from um, like the Jewish, Jewish perspective And, you know, in the concentration camps, but I was just like, you know what, this dude, and I'm going to say his name wrong. So I'm sure that I will know. I mean, I literally just Googled how to say it. And my brain's already like, how was that pronounced? I think it's Mengele. I kept saying Mengele. So if I say it wrong, just know who I'm talking about, but he is a sick and twisted dude. So let me get started where I've started my notes. Cause that was all kind of like a ramble before I got started here. So there is little argument that the Holocaust shows the absolute evil humanity is capable of. The Holocaust is a very dark time in history. The statistics 
say that over 6 million Jews, as well as um, gypsies, blacks, disabled, etc., they lost their lives during this time. Some men involved were bad men. Some were evil. And then there's Dr. Joseph Mengele. Words cannot describe how heinous this man was. So Mengele was born on March 16, 1911 in Germany. He was the eldest son of Karl Mengele, a prosperous manufacturer of farming implements. In 1935, Mengele earned a PhD in physic, physical anthropology uh, from the University of Munich. Not really sure what physical anthropology means. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Because like anthropology is the study of human beings, correct? Uh, or like <laughs> anthropo means man. Um, okay. English teacher here, so yeah. Um, anthropo means man. So I think it's like the study of like cultures and men, like not men, but like mankind and like different cultures, etc. Right. Uh, so I'm not really sure what physical anthropology means, but. He got a PhD in it, whatever it is. Um, he also held a doctorate degree in genetic medicine. So like this guy really had the brain to be able to um, do some really good in the world. Like he was like a geneticist. He had a PhD. Like he could have really went places with and done good things. Um, but in January, 1937, he became an assistant of Dr. Atma von Verschur, which I just butchered that name and I know it, but there's like 17 vowels. <laughs> At the Institute for Hereditary Biology and Racial Hygiene in Frankfurt. Now I'm going to go ahead and assume that racial hygiene um, doesn't mean like making sure everyone's race is clean. I think it's more along the lines of cleaning out the dominant race of. <laughs> Yeah, like or what they thought was cleaning out, you know, cleaning out other races so there could be a dom, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that, and then in 1937, that same year, he joined the Nazi Party. Now, um, he was then after he joined the Nazi Party because that was like political. It wasn't necessarily like um, if you joined the Nazi Party, you weren't necessarily in the war. You were just. Like, it was kind of like the KKK, like, if you, you can be a part of the KKK and not go put cross. It was just affiliated with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you. That was where I was trying to go with my brain. But anyway, um, he was drafted into the war a couple years later, June 1940, and he volunteered for medical service. Well, of course, you know, he has a, a medical doctorate. Um, but, like, not a lot is known about what he does in between joining the military in 1940 until about 1943 and he was injured on a campaign and he was returned to germany in april of 1943 he received a promotion to the rank of ss captain this promotion shortly preceded his transfer to auschwitz which we all know auschwitz the concentration camp may 30th 1943 so Mengele was not, now this is one thing that like if people know about him, because a lot of people do know his name. And if they don't know his name, they know him as by association of like the Nazi doctor that was, you know, awful. He wasn't the highest ranking doctor though. He, um, or the, yeah, the physician. Um, he was a medical officer that was responsible for Birkenau, Birken, Birkensaw, Birkenau. 
um, which was considered the gypsy camp, because remember, this was not like the uh, Holocaust was not just Jewish. Um, it was mainly Jewish, but they had gypsies. Um, I think they had black people, which wouldn't necessarily be African-American, but like anyone who was disabled, anyone, but the um, Birkenau was the gypsy camp. But then it was liquidated in 1943 and Mengele became the chief camp physician of Auschwitz II, which was Birkenau. And, but he was still technically under the other doctor's jurisdiction. So he still wasn't like the head physician. So approximately 30 physicians served at Auschwitz. Auschwitz, my goodness, while Mengele was there. Now, as a requirement of their rounds, you know, medical rounds, the medical staff performed selections. That was where um, prisoners would come off the, the train, whether that was, I mean, that makes it sound, it was literally like cattle cars and like overstuffed cramped boxes. But as the men, women, and children came out of these overcramped train boxes and cattle cars, these doctors decided who was going to be useful and who would be sent to die in the gas chambers immediately. Um, it's just awful. But Mengele is more associated with these selections, not because he was assigned it more than his colleagues, but because he would regularly be there off the clock looking for twins and other physical abnormalities. So yeah, like all the doctors were required to have to go and be there and like say you're going to go to the gas chamber and die you can go to work and like um if you've ever read a memoir part of the story is where they're in these cattle cars and it's like I, I read the the tattooist of Auschwitz and like it I don't think it was weeks but I know that it was like at least a week that these people were shoved inside these vehicles or these like train cars with not like, it was like a slave ship. Like there was so little room that they couldn't lay down. They couldn't spread out. Like they were literally like scrunched elbow to elbow, front to back. Like it was, there was not enough room to like turn around in these cars. So as these people are coming out, seeing their first glimpse of sunlight, their first breath of fresh air from at least a week in this box, a doctor's immediately looking at them, telling whether or not they're going to be useful to the, um, the camp and doing something. And if not, they're sick, sickly, or they look like it, they're immediately sent to die. It, I'm, not, like, I'm not saying any of any of this is right but from like a medical perspective how fit do you feel like these people who have been shoved in a car like a can of sardines you know like just packed in there I mean they can't move they're probably dehydrated you know they're I'm sure covered in just their own stuff you know what I mean like for a week that's how capable do you think they're going to be when you pull them off of there yeah that's that's what I was thinking too I was like I have no idea how they felt like they could make a um an informed decision but well your girl is out of shape like if I have to stand somewhere <laughs> for a week and not lay down 
um, my muscles have probably already atrophied. Like, just saying. Okay. I'm going to look real rough. I'm not going to look mm-hmm. useful to anybody. Mm-mm. But the problem was Mengele was was associated with this these rounds more than any of the other doctors not because he did it more but because he was always there when a train would come in he was there because he was looking for specific patients to test his his uh, experiments on to experiment on yeah to experiment on yeah so it was here in Auschwitz Auschwitz I cannot speak German just in case anyone ever wondered that that Joseph was able to set up an entire sophisticated research structure devoted to the nature of genetics and racial determinism. He experimented on Romanis, which are the gypsies, dwarfs, and most obsessively twins. So in one article, it stated that no one in history had access to the raw materials that stood before him or had been so liberated from any restraint with his ambitions. So literally Mengele could do whatever he want, whatever the fuck he wanted to do to these people without any fear of accountability or repercussion. Like he could literally do any sick twisted testing that he wanted to whatever extent, knowing that there was no repercussion. Like no one was going to do anything because they were going to die anyway in his eyes, in their eyes, the German's eyes. So the experiments done on the inmates of these camps broke down into three categories. So like he was not the only doctor that was doing experiments and doing this type of thing. Um, He is like the most notable because I mean, he was like a sociopath, psychotic madman of like Dr. Frankenstein level. I mean, he didn't try to bring nobody back from the dead, but like going that far anyway um but they were allowed to like technically they were allowed to experiment under three different categories so the first was to facilitate the survival of the german military so mengele used his experiments on these poor people he would infect them with typhus and study it which typhus at the time was what was running rampant in soldiers and what was killing people on the battlefield And so using these inhumane tactics, he was actually able to stop the spread of typhus with the soldiers. So it, that success was not like, it was good in the fact of like, soldiers were no longer dying. Granted, these were our enemy soldiers. So I guess we wanted them all to have typhus and die anyway, (laughs) in the war. But because what he did using these awful means came to such a great success it just made him worse you know he's like i did this and accomplished this now let me take it further and see what i can do kind of gave him probably more power because he had done this yeah 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 Get what you're saying and so another reason that they could experiment was it fell into the realm as it kind of fell into the realm of the first which is developing treatments for disease and injury that could be encountered on the field. Now, guess who did human trials and research on the diseases killing soldiers? Nazi doctors who had zero guidelines and zero morals to hold them back from these testing and experiments. Um, The experiments on the inmates of these camps was often to inject them with a disease and then kill them 
dissect them and study the effects on the disease and the experiments done. So like, that was like, that was a thing. Like they looked at these, these humans as like lab rats, but even like worse than like people do lab rats, which I mean, I know that people do lab rats pretty dirty. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I guess we look at it differently as like you're testing on humans but even now like human trials are like one of the very last things that you're allowed to do after you go through all of these hoops and drawers well the nazi doctors were like skipping everybody and just going straight to the humans and they were just injecting them with diseases and then killing them so that they could look at what the disease did inside the body because they could no one was stopping them (laughs) Yeah, no one was stopping them. In fact, I feel like they were pretty much like encouraging. Yeah, I've been encouraged. Like, good job, Nazi doctors. You just keep going ahead and killing everybody. We have a plenty, plenty of them. The third reason that they could do um, medical research and experimentation was to advance the knowledge of race, status, and status comparable to the Nazi view of the subject of race superiority. So three things they could do it to stop diseases treat diseases or you know to push that Aryan race further ahead of everyone else in order to ensure the survival of German soldiers on the front doctors use these concentration camp prisoners to test extreme conditions so um, conditions that soldiers might find themselves in And so they wanted to see how the human body would react to these like extreme conditions. So they also did air pressure experiments where subjects will be placed in a low pressure chamber and the doctors could see how high up German airmen could parachute from. And they also conducted freezing experiments where they submerged camp prisoners in freezing water to see how to treat hypothermia. Yeah. And that's not the doctors. That's not even Mendeley. Like he was just a part of that. Like we haven't even got into like specific Mendeley. I'm not, you know, I don't, I guess, you know, I was born in 90 and I live in a small rural town in West Virginia. I realize that racism is still alive, you know, but um, the, the Jewish population that doesn't make any sense to me like I mean not that it makes any sense to me um racism against African-Americans or any race but like what is the difference between uh, you know a Jew and just a you know today we shouldn't have blonde eyes or blonde eyes Jesus blue eyes and blonde hair like that's it like yeah I'm what their skin is a little darker but it I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, know, well, I remember when I was in eighth grade and we were learning about the Holocaust, I was like, how do you tell a Jew from other people? Cause they don't like, they look like everyone else. Like they don't, right. I mean, like, like, like you're like, I understand what you're trying to say. Like an African-American has black skin, you know, like right. there is a very visible difference. Not that that makes any difference. Right. But, it doesn't. I'm not but with Jews, it's like, how did you know they were a Jew? But I also remember, because I did ask that question, like there was like tests that they would do. Like there was like a head shape thing that um, Nazi soldiers would do that would measure it. Um, And a lot of it was like- There's also language differences. Yeah, there was a language and like, 
like your surname, like who, like who you were, what your name was, was like a Jewish heritage name or like a German heritage name. Like your name, like, it's not like, oh, here in United States where, I mean, we have Jewish names, but like a lot of our names don't mean anything. Like, I'm pretty sure my married name is like some type of German name, I think, or English. I, see, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. But in that time period, it was a heritage thing. You know, like your last name was, was Jewish. Your last name was German. And like, like Chloe said, there was a language there. So. Oh, I'm glad we brought someone educated on the show. (laughs) We we need someone here to to be like, ladies, I I know this. Hold on. (laughs) Just kidding. I wasn't meaning that you're not educated. (laughs) No, I had the same question. And like, I I didn't even realize that there was different languages, but I did know that. I just didn't know that I knew that. You just didn't. I, I mean, like, you just don't. I feel like you just get so wrapped up in it and you're so blown away by all the crazy that you forget the normal details that you know you the back of your mind yeah yeah so they also perform tests on immune immunization treatments to see how their effects how that affected like infectious diseases and this involved bone grafting experiments which okay so you're a medical expert here bone grafting is literally bone on bone correct like like cutting one bone and putting it on another bone I mean I'm just a nurse but yeah that's that's what I from my understanding when you would say that if you were doing a bone graft on someone like I'm feel I think like you know like people have bone grafts in their jaws the only reason I know this is because I had a really bad abscess tooth and I was freaking out you know it's gonna rot my whole because I'm full of anxiety yeah yeah, I mean I that or I mean I guess in some cases they maybe could use something else but still I would think they're cutting at least cutting pieces of the bone and removing them right okay that's what I thought and I only knew that because of graphing from like Mr. Morris's agriculture ed (laughs) (laughs) I was like I know what graphing is but bone graphing I mean like yeah what it sounds like holy crap because right yikes um but they also exposed them to different types of gases to see if they could be used as an antidote. So like, like to me, like, I know that these doctors somehow have been able to look at these, these Jewish people as not human. And they're looking at it from a medical standpoint of research. But to me, this is torture. Like this is torture. Now it might be torture in the name of science, it might be torture in the name of furthering knowledge, but it, it still, to me, falls under the realm of torture. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it, yes, absolutely. I feel like one of the first, um, the first rules, I know that scientists, you know, we have to, we have to perform tests. That's why we're not all, you know, dying of smallpox and stuff yeah. like that. But one of the first rules of being any kind of medical professional is to do no harm. Exactly. So I don't know. It's just crazy to me. I don't care if it's in the name of science. I don't care what it is. It's insane. I agree. Um, Now, Joseph was one of the doctors that headed the experiments and, um, you know, they were doing this to see how the matter of race affected the human body. It was with this ideation that surgeries were performed without anesthesia 
and women were sterilized. So to like stop, stomp out, you know, procreation, they would sterilize Jewish women so that they couldn't have any more Jewish babies without anesthesia. Oh, so awful. Yeah. In like two whole separate different ways. Like anything without anesthesia, like I have two children and both of those two children, I got a nine inch needle. I mean, it's not nine inches, but I got this massive needle shoved in between my spine to like blot out the pain. I cannot imagine having a surgery without anesthesia. Well, two of my three children, I was an idiot and waited too long and didn't get that needle. So, and they were very quick births and your body is like my, I'm a woman. My body is made to do that. So, you know, you're not, you're, I mean, you're just not, you're not made to get cut open. So I can't even imagine. Mm. I can't imagine. And then on top of that sterilization, like to take away that, like, like you said, like our bodies are made to be mothers. Like not, not that every woman needs to be a mother, No, no. um, but like a lot of us are born though, just like a lot of women are born that that's just what they want. Like their goal in life Mm -hmm. is to be mom. And I'm sure that it was even more of a thing you know, then. Oh yeah. Back then. A lot of us are more career driven now, but that was your identity. You were a woman. You're going to be a wife, a mother. And like to take that away, like it's one thing, if you don't want children, good, then don't good for you. Go enjoy your life. But like to want it and to have it, not to be able to do it. Yeah. Like, but it gets worse. Mengele became obsessed with twins. He would experiment on identical and fraternal twins in order to trace the genetic origin of various diseases. He was zealously documenting the progression of any disease that he infected a twin with. Noma, a type of gangrene, which destroys the mucous membranes of the mouth and other tissues. He was like crazy on observing this. So like he would infect people with this type of gangrene just to see like just just to document it just to study it like gangrene like that's the bad stuff like that's the real like when you get gangrene that's when you lose body parts so if if it affects the mucous membranes in your did you say your mouth well it says of the mouth and other tissues oh okay so i mean i was just thinking what if it was just like your mouth just your basically your face rotting off oh. i mean not that it I'm, i don't know what i'm trying to say but oh my gosh that's awful um so side note this is much of our early knowledge of mengele's activities at Auschwitz comes from dr miklos nizel he was a prisoner physician who had who assisted mengele under duress so he is a Jewish doctor who is forced to work with Mengele while he's doing this. To work. watch him do all this stuff. To, mm-hmm. It's awful. Yeah. So it has been said that Mengele participated in at least 70 medical experiments at Auschwitz. On the surface, Mengele gave his patients better food and better living arrangements than most of the camp. He would give the children candy and refer to himself as Uncle Mengele. 
And like, yeah, it just made me want to vomit. When I read that, I wanted to vomit. That's like, crazy. If you're going to be a monster, don't you put a mask on and pretend you're not. You open that monster cage up so everybody knows what you are. All right. <laughs> anyway, under that facade, like a cold blooded lied, laid, laid, lived <laughs> a cold blooded murderer. God, I can't speak. Some of his experiments were unnecessary amputations, intentionally infecting one twin with typhus or some other infection, transfusing blood from one twin to another. Now, what is the difference between, like, what is a transfusion? What, like, is that where it's, you just give one blood to, like, one person's blood to another person? Okay. Um, And one night he killed 14 twins by injecting their hearts with chloroform. Ew. What was the point of that? I I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like he was just doing stuff because he could and he was curious. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think that a thought would just come in his mind and he'd be like, why not? Why not try it? Um, and maybe just to study the effects of chloroform. I don't know. Um Uh, hold on I lost my place oh if one twin would die he would kill the other so he could compare their bodies post-mortem Mengele also did eye experiments which freak me out yeah anything with the eyeballs just scare me but it included the attempt to change the color by injecting chemicals into the eyes of the living subjects so I don't know if that had to do with like the Aryan race of like changing it to blue or if it was just like what chloe said he was just like curious and there was no one to stop him right he was obsessed with heterochromia people too like i I know earlier i said he was obsessed with like twins and dwarves but he was also obsessed with people with heterochromia so he killed people with heterochromia to dissect their eyes and anyone with physical abnormalities were subjected to unnecessary x-rays and drug injections which we know in today's time like what x-rays can do to you i feel like in that time it was worse like maybe we've come to like further an advancement where like x-rays aren't as harmful as they used to be right i mean it's radiation through your body and i'm sure you know you know like you get at least when you go to the dentist now you know they put that big uh lead yeah yeah get matt thing on you i'm sure he wasn't worried about the levels how we're going into these people's bodies so do you have a leaky faucet that you just have left go forever do you have a room that the wallpaper is just hideous maybe There's something going on outside that you've just neglected because you just didn't want to deal with it. Well, the works company, Stroll and Sons, that's who you need to call. Let them do the work for you. General handyman and contractor, there's not much that they can't do. Call 740-502-9141 for a free estimate today. That's 740-502-9141. 9141 and tell them murder obsessed sent you.
So Mengele would keep his patients for about two weeks. They would then be sent to the gas chamber and their skeletons would be sent to Berlin to be studied. Mengele would do experiments on pregnant women and then send them to the gas chamber. Witnesses Ugh. reported vivisections without anesthesia. So I, I don't, I know that you know what it is, Sydney, because it's, um, it's medical lingo, but literally viva means alive. So like cutting someone open it's like I said earlier, like literally doing surgeries without anesthesia while the person's like alive and, and awake. Right. Um, to remove hearts, which I mean, would kill you and stomachs, which I mean, we only have one. So I'm assuming that would also kill you. Well, probably, I mean, if there's no anesthesia, you're going to go into shock. I would think die from them just cutting you open and removing organs. Yeah. Well, and like pass out from pain, like. So I don't know, but they would do that. They would just cut them open and take out stuff without anesthesia or anything. One witness even had a vivisection and had his kidney removed and he was forced to return to work without painkillers. So they literally sliced this dude open, took out an organ and then was like, all right, go back to work. No, you don't get Tylenol. Another witness, um, Vera Alexander, Describe Mengele sewing two Romani twins together back to back in a crude attempt to make conjoined twins. They died of gangrene. Now, I did read that that was a farce, that that didn't happen, but I this is a, a witness account. So take it, but with all the other things that I'm reading, I don't... It doesn't it feel be, out of place. It doesn't. No. It doesn't. It really doesn't, especially with talking about him being obsessed with twins and being obsessed with gangrene it's kind of like hmm my question is just like why like what was the reason like the medical study behind it you I know agree. because Actually, there's yeah. no benefit <coughs> to being a Siamese twin a conjoined twin like that doesn't give you any added advancement so war ends, he escapes, he doesn't get caught. Throughout post-war years, he expressed no remorse and neither and, and either remained oblivious to or rationalized the enormity of his crimes. So he did not feel bad at all. His son, Rolf, summarized his father's words. Now this is his son saying, this is what my dad said. He couldn't help anyone. On the platform, for instance, what was he to do when the half-dead and infected people arrived? His job was to clarify only able to work and unable to work. He thinks he saved thousands of lives in that way. He doesn't, he hasn't ordered the extermination, he hadn't ordered the extermination and is not responsible. Also, the twins owe their lives to him. Ah, wondering what, um, you know, like Chloe said, like, okay, you were just saving lives by sewing two people together. You saved lives. Yeah. Giving unnecessary, unnecessary amputations, cutting out organs of people who were still alive. 
Just injecting diseases. Yeah. Killing one twin that had nothing wrong with it because the other twin had died of a disease you infected it with. I mean, I'm not... I'm not taking it for anything he did ever. He was a monster. But the only thing that I can say he would, you know, if he was just a going to claim, you know, scientific research was if he was injecting people with diseases and then trying to counteract the effects of that disease to, Mm -hmm. you know, get a a whatever, you know, a vaccine or whatever. Not that that's okay either, but like... Right. them with the disease and then kill them so I can study how the disease is affecting right. their body or kill them because they have a pretty eye color and dissect their eyes yeah yeah so but yeah that that was a summer a summary of what he had said so that's what he believes Mengele did evade capture until 1945 when America had him the the Israelis found him in 1960 but for different reasons, both ventures were simply dropped. So they literally had him in custody twice and just let him go. Yeah. That TikTok sound. What was the reason? <laughs> to my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> so Marwell, author of Mengele Unmasking the Angel of Death, says that he was helped by his wealthy family, loyal friends, and Nazi sympathizers. That's that's how he was able to um, slip through not one, but two different governments. But in declining health, Mengele suffered a stroke and drowned while swimming at a vacation resort near Baratoga, Brazil on February 7th, 1979. Yeah, like, what a way to go. Like... So, um, I did remember while I was doing this research about, um, if you've not ever read the tattooist at Auschwitz or Silka's journey, I have both of them. They're so good. I sobbed my eyes out. Um, they're memoirs of, um, two, like one is about, um, a German man who became a, like the tattooist that did the, their numbers. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Silka and she became like one of the guards became obsessed with her and like kind of took her and like made her his Ew. powerful stories. But I remember him talking about Mangale in the um, coming to when the train would come off because he's a tattooist at Auschwitz. When the train comes in, they they're giving them their their ID numbers. What, what are those called on their arms? Do they have a specific word for them? Oh, I'm sure they do, but my brain's not picking it up, but, um, he would talk about seeing Mengele there and like how he unnerved him, just like his proximity made his skin crawl. And I, during this book, he had an apprentice or like someone who worked with him to like help him do these tattoos to get the people through. And he was taken by the doctors and came back a eunuch. Yeah. Like, I know you can see my facial expression and no one else can. 
Yeah. I saw that. I like, you're like, like listening. I could see you listening. And then all of a sudden it registered what I said and you were like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure that that was not just one case because they're sterilizing women. Obviously they're going to do something to the men as well. So yeah. But yeah, like I said, he, I don't understand why he's not placed under the term serial killer. Maybe if it was because it was like during a war and these are like more war crimes or something, but like he should, he should be placed there. And I mean, like in one night he killed 14 twins in one night, like one evening, one night, 14 people. And I don't know why, when I hear twins, I think of kids, but I know that they're like adult twins. Right. I think of kids too. My brain Mm -hmm. immediately thinks of kids. And there was a lot of kids like, um, in a couple of the books that I was reading, there were like few twins who had like survived his testing and like, we're kind of talking about it and they were kids. Like they were children when they were taken to these places. And mostly I feel like they would be twins because the way that are not twin, of course they would be twins. They would be children because the way that they roll the, the waves that they rolled in people to these concentration camps, the first wave was like, they just asked for volunteers. They were like the way that they started this, it wasn't like all of a sudden they just grabbed all the Jews and thrown them in concentration camps. Like there was a slow way that they pulled it in the first one was that they required you to send a family member like one person out of each family had to go and then it like was a slow acclimation of slowly bringing them in so like I feel like if they were adult twins they wouldn't necessarily end up at the same concentration camp Mm -hmm. you know so I feel like they had to have been children because they would have come together because the adults did not come together and a lot well, of the- didn't they uh like when they arrived there they would split the family up like who was able to work they would send like the women and children yeah, yeah they, were separate they were not together the men and women were not together um now the children would go with the women until like the boys were of a certain age and then they would be put in another like with the men but yeah so he is just awful and like I, I know that there's a lot of science that we have today that we take grant for granted that probably came about in an unsavory way. There's probably lots of medical advancements and lots of things that we have that we don't realize, you know, just, just like testing on mice. Like I know that they test on mice. I know that they do that. And I'm, it's not okay to test on living creatures. You know, that's why there's lots of companies now that are doing vegan free, cruelty free, no animal testing, um, which is a whole nother realm that could be a whole nother discussion. <laughs> the discussion between the three of us on the yeah, animal testing. Yeah, other podcasts where we're going to get into <laughs> politics. But just to me, like, was had nothing to do with medical advancement had nothing to do with the 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 uh, pursuit of knowledge but was just plain evil was just torturous yeah and torturous and looking at these creatures like they weren't living human beings it's rough it's a rough one um but that is all i have for today so next week 
one of you two, Chloe, <laughs> is going to be doing her debut po- um, podcast. Woo-hoo! Yeah, <laughs> super stoked. And um, it's going to be interesting, I'm sure, because Chloe's excited to tell us about who is your case going to be on, Chloe? It's going to be on Dennis Nielsen. Dennis Nielsen. So if you know anything about that, which I don't, so that surprises me because, you know, I know everything. How do you don't like if I hear you know if you guys tell me what you're gonna do I usually don't want to look into them because mm-hmm. I want to be suppressed like, yeah like fully like authentic a, mm-hmm. but you get my um you get my unfiltered opinion yeah. yeah I don't know what what's coming so and too bad you can't see facial expressions on our podcast because like sometimes <laughs> we're like what <laughs> right all right but I'm Katrina I'm Sydney And I'm Chloe. And this has been a Murder Obsessed podcast. Stay listening, stay murder obsessed, but not obsessed with murdering. Bye. Bye. So I have two children, as you know, if you, I've probably talked about them in my podcast. And with my first son, I was about 10 months postpartum and I was working out at home and I was hating it. My dog thought that it was playtime. My kid didn't understand why he could not use me as a jungle gym while I was trying to do a plank. I was just ready to give up. Well, a friend told me to go check out the YMCA, our local branch in Parkersburg. I'm like, listen, I can't. I don't have a babysitter. Even if I had a babysitter, I don't have the money to pay for childcare, like, to go to the gym. Don't worry. YMCA has free childcare. And when I tell you... That they have free childcare. I'm telling you, my kids love the daycare there. My kids are very outspoken, very talkative, and they love going there. They ask me, are we going to the daycare today? Are we going to go to the daycare? Because it's actually really good people in there with your children. And it's free with a membership. I was like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm new to weight loss, and I just, I really don't know where to start. They have an epic class schedule with so many fun classes. Now, I teach a weightlifting class called Strong, Mondays and Wednesdays at 4.30. Twice a week, we focus on each muscle group, toning and strengthening these muscles with a little bit of cardio sprinkled in. But the YMCA has classes for whatever floats your boat. They have step, cycle, yoga, yoga, not yoga, yoga, Pilates, TNT, Zumba, and I mean, like, and even more, like, I'm sure that there's more, like, Aqua Zumba, there's so much more that I can't even think off top of my head, plus, they have a huge indoor pool, a sauna, hot tub, and of course, a massive weightlifting area, as well as, as well as top of the line, treadmills, ellipticals, and more, we have affordable membership packages, stop by today, and get started on your fitness journey.